It's no secret that COVID-19 is more common among the most vulnerable. The ability to protect yourself from exposure is largely a function of privilege. The majority of people who haven't been able to isolate during this time are people of color and low-income individuals of all races. That's partly why you're seeing a discrepancy in the number of cases. Despite being the largest racial group in San Diego County, white San Diegans have fewer cases than Latinos. Still, during this time, organizations have been stepping up to help individuals who have less. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Andrea Lopez Villafania, you cover communities in the city of San Diego. Let's start with the lay of the land. Which populations are feeling the impacts of the virus more deeply? Um, right now, based off the numbers that we are getting from the county, um, but also just um, anecdotal stories from advocates and families in San Diego, uh, we're seeing the greatest impacts among the Latino population, uh, the Black population, and also immigrants in San Diego County. Yes, it's certainly interesting. It's like you can see that disparity right there, even though whites are a little over uh, 48%. Uh, you know, there's fewer cases than compared to Hispanic or Latinos. So what are some of the reasons why this disparity exists? Um, you know, a lot of different things have been offered up. Um, one thing that experts and advocates agree on is that um, these populations tend to be um, populations that have higher underlying health conditions. So, um, you know, they have higher asthma rates, higher, um, you know, heart diseases, so they tend to already have these kind of underlying health conditions that would put them at an at-risk population. Um, but they also lack, you know, access to health care. They are, um, they're employed in a lot of these jobs that we are considering essential, right? So you, you know, have to consider grocery workers or, um, you know, individuals who work in the sanitation department, um, just different people who are still essential. So you, you're having these groups um, with already underlying health conditions and then um, going out in the workforce still uh, during coronavirus, you know, they don't have jobs where they can work from home. So they're out every day working and they're putting themselves at risk. Yeah, it seems like all of these things that puts you more and more at risk for COVID-19, be it living in a place that has bad air quality, uh, you know, different health conditions, that uh, people with less kind of have more of these things that put them more at risk, which kind of makes sense what you're seeing with the numbers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, there, there are other things that, um, you know, people are um, advocates and experts are saying, you know, so, some of these individuals um, live in households of multiple family members. So um, they don't have the benefit of isolating if they do get sick. You know, sometimes it's siblings sharing a room or, you know, I spoke with a family um, of five that lives in one bedroom together. So um, the idea of isolating um, and protecting themselves is nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. So what are leaders in communities of color or low-income communities across San Diego arguing for for more equity when it comes, you know, during healthcare in this pandemic? Um, this just happened recently, but there was a call um, from advocates urging um, county officials to have more um, testing sites in these communities. So um, there was a call for um, more testing sites in Southeast San Diego where we are seeing higher numbers. Um, 
is this happened recently and um, there is actually going to be a testing site. It's going to be on Saturday um, in Southeast San Diego, but it's only a four hour drive-through testing site. Um, and, you know, there's it's a little bit of unknown whether it's going to return to that site or going to be at a different location in a different neighborhood. So um, advocates are really asking that county officials look at the neighborhoods that are um, seeing like higher rates of COVID-19 cases um, and consider placing more um, testing sites, um, not only testing sites, but also educating people. You know, if they do test negative, what does that mean? Does that mean they don't have to be careful and don't have to wear a face mask? Of course not. Um, you know, or educating them if they do test positive, what, what can they do if they live um, you know, together with all their family members, you know, how can they isolate themselves to protect everyone else? Mm -hmm. So did you speak to any uh, nonprofits or other organizations uh, providing these services? Like what's kind of the plan from that uh, realm of San Diego? The nonprofits right now are spread uh, pretty thin. Some of the things that they're doing um, is basically just helping people apply um, for unemployment or food stamps. Um, a lot of individuals have trouble navigating um, those resources or, you know, they don't have maybe a laptop or internet access. So some of these nonprofits are actually, you know, helping these walking people uh, through these applications. There are also other nonprofits hosting um, food distribution events, um, which have been very popular um, because some people have been laid off. So there's definitely a concern for, you know, where's the next meal going to come from? Mm -hmm, certainly. And uh, just recently, we're looking at unemployment numbers upwards of 23, 24%. So, you know, in these communities who are living hand to mouth, it makes it even worse. Right. And and another thing, too, some are looking at ways to provide um, access to technology. So how can they give, um, you know, a family of five um, two or three laptops because kids are doing their online learning. Um, the, what the family I spoke to for my story, um, they have one laptop for the entire household and um, they have three, three young kids. Um, so the older kids are using their cell phones when they can to do their homework, um, but some programs require an actual laptop. Um, so they're kind of just juggling this laptop. Um, you know, <laughs> all, all the kids are juggling the laptop. So um, some nonprofits are looking at ways to um, give more families, uh, you know, access to technology and Internet. Um, because at the same time, if you have one laptop in an entire household and, you know, the kids are trying to do their online learning, but dad is also trying to file for unemployment and the website keeps crashing, it's, you know, your hands are kind of tied at that point. Yeah, it really makes you realize just kind of the things that, you know, people take for granted is that, you know, being able to work from home, still even having a job nowadays is quite the privilege. So there's kind of a big onus on governments and other organizations to help people kind of get through this time, even though we are seeing, you know, some signs of hope of, you know, a slow reopening of the economy, but we're not quite at that point yet. Right. And, and advocates right now, um, you know, I believe in San Diego County, um, the disparities that we are seeing right now are mainly in the Latino population uh, compared to their population as a whole in the region. Um, but in the entire state of California and other states across the United States are seeing just wide disparities um, in uh, the African-American community. So some advocates are concerned that maybe you know, those numbers are going to increase here in San Diego um, and we're not going to be prepared to, you know, know how to handle or um, help individuals who are already um, at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, just uh, hearing anecdotally, especially in some places like Louisiana and Michigan, it seems that those multi-generational households are the ones that are kind of feeling the most pain just because they have, you know, an essential worker who's in their 20s living with someone who's in their 80s or 90s who are at the highest risk of passing mm -hmm. away from COVID-19. But it is somewhat interesting when you look at the data is that the majority of deaths is actually among white individuals which if you consider the average age of white San Diegans is older than Latinos, it kind of makes sense that way, but you know, shouldn't draw too many conclusions with a, such a small sample size at this point. Yeah, and you know, if, um, you know, if, if I guess what advocates uh, have been arguing is that if you're not testing these populations that we already know have underlying health conditions or, you know, make up a majority of essential, um, or, or fill essential jobs, then, you know, how can we really know how many of them are, um, you know, negative or positive cases if we're not testing them? Mm -hmm. Certainly, if you kind of ignore this problem, you're opening yourself up for a second, even potentially worse outbreak if you try to reopen things and kind of don't give a, a safety net to those workers that we've deemed essential, because without that, even the kind of, you know, quasi freeze we're living in wouldn't really be possible. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, when speaking to uh, leaders and people who, you know, are, are living this reality, what do they say about the whole, we need to reopen the economy, we need to stop the stay-at-home order? Is there a different view from what we're kind of seeing right now in Orange County, for example? Um, I, we didn't necessarily talk about, you know, what the, you know, what should be done in terms of, like, opening soon. Um, what I did hear was that as as elected officials, county officials, health officials, um, as they, you know, move forward with the idea of opening up, um, maybe it would be a good opportunity to bring in these organizations, these grassroots organizations that are working with individuals, speaking to individuals every day. Um, so they get a better perspective as to what obstacles um, some communities have that they may not be aware of. Um, one small thing that someone told me um, that that did seem very unique to me, you know, if, if I if I go out um, to the grocery store or I'm bored at home, maybe I'll go for a drive. But for some of these families, they may be getting cabin fever, but they can't afford to spend, um, you know, $30 on gas just because they're bored and they want to go on a drive somewhere. Um, so just small things that maybe we don't normally think about or like the laptop issue um, is something that they want to bring forward to the table um, before, you know, we start thinking about reopening. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And uh, if I'm a person of means and I want to help out, uh, is there any, uh, you know, large organization that you'd recommend, uh, you know, donating some time or money toward? I think actually it would be the, the smaller organizations that are um, more grassroots. There's a lot of them um, that are hosting these like food distributions and um, they, they do have to purchase that food um, from San Diego Food Bank. So um, it would be helpful. So some of the ones I spoke to uh, were Paving Great Futures um, and Mana de San Diego Rise. Um, Rise San Diego is also uh, working a lot in the community, but I would say, you know, look for those organizations that are, you know, boots on the ground and um, reach out and ask how you can help. All right, Andrea Lopez Villafania, thank you so much. Thank you. And now your coronavirus update. 
San Diego County officials reported 147 more COVID-19 cases and an additional 10 deaths on Friday. To date, 3,711 county residents have been sickened by the novel coronavirus and 134 have died. The most recent victims were identified as three women and four men between the ages of 52 and 92. They died between April 18th and 30th, and eight had underlying health conditions. The new cases represent about 6% of the 2,625 tests conducted on Thursday. Officials are working to increase the number of tests done every day to at least 5,200. That's about 150 tests per 100,000 residents. Testing is hugely important during any kind of disease outbreak because it helps health officials prevent spread by quickly treating and isolating those who are sickened. Officials said Friday that a county bookmobile, which is normally used to bring books to underserved areas, will be converted into a mobile testing site. The county also plans to hire 200 additional nurses to help conduct more tests. Some of those nurses will be part of strike teams that will be deployed to areas where outbreaks have been reported. Testing also helps officials identify anyone who came into contact with infected residents. County officials said Friday that they plan to beef up the number of employees who track down these individuals to 450. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bringing the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips wherever and whatever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.